word of encouragement to the body. A word of encouragement to us this morning. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit is encouraging us not only to stay where we are, but all what you got. Now let me put this disclaimer out there before we get too far into this thing and say that this word may not uh, be for everybody. Uh, because if you're not where you need to be, then you can't hold what you got. You need to get that up and grab hold to this. It's where you at and what you got ain't God. Man, I know that's not proper English, but if what you got ain't God, you need to give that up. And grab hold to this. Amen. I believe that all of us uh, who have grabbed a hold of him, it's Paul who said, I'm trying to apprehend the thing that has apprehended me. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what got a hold to me. <laughs> I was minding my own business one day, riding a horse on the way to Damascus. Something got a hold to me. Maybe there's some of us in here today who can say that we know quite remember all of the details but when something got a hold of us amen and I say something but rather someone amen because it was the Lord who said to him Saul Saul I persecute this thou me he said who are you I don't even know who you are he said I'm Jesus the one who you are persecuting amen Saul had never had an experience with Jesus and I tell you there's a lot of folks he had been going to church but he had never had an experience. Yeah, sometimes it takes an experience for you to know who he is. Not going off of what somebody else said because you can get caught up into religiosity, get caught up into theoretical and theological studies and stuff of that knowledge, of that capacity, and then you forget that you never met him. Amen. Just because you have knowledge of him does not mean you know him. Amen. There's a lot of people who have knowledge of him but don't know who he is. Amen. Can quote the scripture from front to back, but don't know. Him. I just believe that God desires for us to have a personal relationship with Him. Amen. A personal relationship where I walk with Him on a daily basis. It's not something that I do on Sunday. It's not a visit. It's not a stop by. This is not something that I just do because I don't have anything else to do. This is who I am when I was apprehended by him. He took my everything and changed it around. He changed what I like and changed what I don't like. He made me literally into a new creature. Changed my desires and my wants, my needs, things that I were a priority to me, not uh, a priority anymore. Things that I used to love to do, didn't quite like to do them anymore. I want to find out what he liked to do. Is there anybody in here that's been apprehended as well? find ourselves then uh, man about four or five months into this thing man from talking about the woman with the issue of blood and her uh, having to reach to get what God had for her to now we're talking about being connected uh, because we found out that she didn't just reach for a touch but she latched on amen when you latch on man I'm here for the ride amen I'm here for the long haul and I latched on I ain't latched on to get latched off I latched on you say you trust him, but you don't trust him when he hit them bumps. 
Yeah, I done lacked stone. I'm going to trust when you go to high places and low places. Yeah, look at somebody and tell them, I done lacked stone. Just get ready for the ride. Amen. But I can testify for myself that it's been the best ride of my life. Amen. 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 Ups and downs. I wouldn't trade my experience with Christ for nothing. I just believe that the church needs to see him. Amen. It's been enough of posturing and things of that nature. I just think that the church needs to see him. When he got ready to reveal himself to Paul, he said, okay, I've had enough. You get ready to go to Damascus. You need to see me. You know, it comes a point where you got to cut the middleman out. And now you go straight to him. There are some people in here that don't need to see Pastor Beckham. You need to see Jesus. Like you put all your trust in me, I'm going to let you down. You need to see Jesus. Amen. I used to say this when I was a young preacher. I'm 38 now. When I was a young preacher, I used to tell folk, man, look, I'm trying to get, I'm having a hard enough time trying to get myself in. Man, I done matured now. I done put away childish things. I'm all right now. I can say with confidence, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah, but that was a day of time when I said, look, man, you better look to Jesus. Now, y'all proud of here now. You, yeah, your light got to shine to where people can say, I was in darkness, but you brought me to the light. Amen. There's more than just one son. He is the older brother, but we are the ones that are the light bearers as well. If people can't see your good works and give glory to your father, then you might not have got what you got when you thought you got it. You might have got something else. There is more than one ghost. His ghost is called the Holy yeah, so what you got right here, and what you got that caused you to live holy, then you didn't get the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost won't let me do some stuff, some stuff. He just checked me at the door. I know you ain't this. I know you ain't gonna need no try to do. So he says, I'm on the time. I got to go. So. So we understand that Paul had an experience because of his experience with Christ. Because of his experience with Christ, he abandons everything that he ever knew because he met somebody. Yeah, see, when, when he becomes more real to us than what we're going through, people are not healed because their sickness is more real to them than Jesus is. People are not healed because their circumstances are greater than he is to them. But if we ever get to the point where we realize and recognize that he is more realer than anything that we could ever experience, your sickness and disease was cured on Calvary. Sickness might show up, but you have no right to be here. And I cast you back to the pits of hell from which you came. I don't operate in fear. I don't operate in mess. I don't operate in insecurity. I don't operate in doubt. I operate in faith and faith alone. Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. And I just want you to understand something. Is there anybody in this place? I ain't worried about man pleasing. You didn't show up to please nobody. Because one thing that I found out about people, they will praise you and holler Hosanna one day and holler crucify you the next. You got to live your life to please God. And if God be pleased with you, then to hell with everybody else got to say. And I literally mean that like the fire. To hell with that.
Change friends. Change churches. Stop running the same folk that he was running with, the same folk he was killing, I ain't running with. So now he has an experience. Yeah, and watch this, because when he came, see, we don't know how to handle rejection. When he first went to the disciples, there were some problems. Man, you used to be on the other side. You just gonna show up and take people to trust you. That's just so they rejected him, but he didn't stop because he had an experience. To that because people reject you make you question your experience. But God put in you, he put in you for a reason. And so I can be comfortable in what he already put in me. I didn't come for no bodies. So an uh, experience. An experience is what we need because in this day and time, and what we first talked about at the beginning of the year is that God is revealing. It's the great reveal, the year, the season, the time of the great reveal. And if God is revealing, then I think that he's pressing us to get connected to him because we have to understand that outside of him, we can't do nothing. And so I want to encourage the believer today. I want to encourage everybody in here. And understand, remember this, everybody hadn't had that experience. And so everybody's not in the same place. But for those of us who are in that place, I want to encourage you to hold what you got. Because there's some things that you need to understand. And in order for you to understand completely what God is doing, I need you to take a trip with me in the mind of God. Because the mind of God works a little bit differently from our mind. But you got to understand that 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, that we ought to know the mind of God because we have the spirit of God. For who can know the mind of God, say the spirit of God. Or who can know the spirit of man, say the, or the mind of man, say the spirit of man, which is in him. And so if God wants to reveal his mind, he does so by his spirit. And if I need to know what's going on, then his Holy Spirit will reveal the mind of God to me. God don't keep no secrets. Ain't no mysteries. God. God's always talking about what's on his mind. He's always talking about what's on his heart. And if you ever run across a preacher, pastor, priest, apostle, I don't care what his title might be, who can't reveal the mind of God, then he ain't spending time with him. Because if you ever talk to him, he's going to tell you what's on his mind. That's right. And so we find this. We find this here. We find that uh, Jesus says some things here that I, I found interesting. We want to talk about uh, the different characters of this, of this story. He talks about the true vine, which is himself. Then he talks about us being the branches. But the most important character is the husband. God is the husbandman here, and God is the gardener. And I found some interesting facts about the gardener and the fruit that I think we might need to understand to completely get a grasp of what's going on with us. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, hold what you got. The first thing that I want to tell you is that the expectation of God is for us to produce, period. That's right. That's right. His expectation for us is to produce, period. That's right. Notice that I didn't say in the right conditions, under the right circumstances. His expectation is that wherever you are, you are to produce. As a matter of fact, God is the only one who will place you in a dark place and expect you still to shine. He's the only one that will put you in a barren land and expect you to be fruitful. Because you are not blessed or you are not barren according to what's in that environment. But that's greater that's in you than where you are planted. And as long as you're looking at your environment and where you are planted and thinking that I cannot produce because of where I am, you're always going to be limited because God don't need light where there's light. He don't need fruit where there's fruit. He needs laborers where the harvest is plentiful. And the harvest ain't plentiful in the church. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save them which was were lost. And if we got people in the church that are lost, then we found them in the church. But I need you to understand, we got to get our stuff together because there's a word out there that's perishing that's waiting to see Jesus. So he says, he 
says, uh, my father is the gardener. He expects us to produce fruit. Not only does he expect us to produce fruit, but he wants us to produce much fruit. That's right. If I was to ask the question, how many of us have been saved from zero to two years? How many people will we have? Zero to two years you've been saved. Two to five. Five to ten. So everybody in here been saved longer than ten years. Is that what we're saying? No. So let me back up here because I don't understand the question. I didn't mean it. I didn't understand what I said. Pick up your dignity, Doc. If you've only been saved from the time span of zero to two years, gotcha. If you've been saved more than two years, but less than five. Longer than five, but less than ten. Now everybody over ten. Define saves. Question is, <laughs> since you've been saved, yeah. how many people have you saved? There you go. Define. Tell the stories in church. How many people in your total zero to two, two to five, five to ten, more than ten? How many people have you led to Christ? Some people I might witness to, and that's what you call reaping what somebody else sowed. Because I may witness to somebody, and they may come to Christ, and I may get credit for the fruit, but somebody else was the one that did the sow. That's right. That's right. So how many people have you led, and how many people have you witnessed to? So the question becomes, if we're not doing our job, how then can the world be saved? Because we have not been about our father's business. We ain't witness to nobody. Mm-hmm. Ain't saved nobody. We just ain't got to get it on their own. I got mine. Mm-hmm. But I always use this analogy because I've always found it to be true. If we ever come across something good, we'll call everybody that we know so they can go get in on the sale. Amen. Let dealers have 40 out of 50. Or 50 out of already. You're going to call everybody you know and let them know that dealers got a sale. So they can come and get theirs. So if I found Christ, I don't care if it was yesterday. If I found him yesterday and I had an experience like Paul, Paul said, I was on my way to kill saints. But because of my experience, now I'm saving saints. Don't matter about a position. How many of you saved outside the church? Amen. Amen. Yeah, everybody witness in the church. Everybody uh, tells me, you know, God is good. Sure what about the people that do, don't look like they need the word? Uh, what about the people that look like they're going to reject your word? Yeah. See, we'll cut ourselves off and won't witness to people because it looks like they won't receive. Uh-huh. Produce. Uh-huh. Say that with me. Produce. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter about circumstances. He didn't ask you about that. He just said produce. Somebody say amen. Amen. So the word produce means to bring into existence. To 
manifest. You got to understand that what God has put inside of you does not exist. It does not exist until it comes out of you. An idea is just an idea until I can hold it or see it. So what God is putting inside of you does not exist as long as it exists only inside of you because he didn't put the Holy Ghost in you. The Holy Ghost ain't real in you until somebody can see him manifest. This phone was just an idea until somebody took the idea and made a blueprint and the blueprint began to produce and now they have phones all over the world. What if it was still just an idea? We could not benefit from it. We can't go around telling people, man, I got this idea because the world don't need more ideas. They need a savior. Look at somebody and tell them, you got to produce. Not more stories about how he walked on water. Not more stories about how he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Not more stories. All that stuff is great, good, and wonderful. But for some folk, they got to see him. Now once was sick, but now I'm healed. There's some people that's going to need to see God move. Bible says in Romans chapter 8, round by verse 19, that the whole earth, the whole That's creation right. That's right. is waiting That's right. for the manifestation That's right. of the sons. Not people who say they're sons, but the manifestation of the sons. Because the sons produce. How many of us in here believe that we are sons of God? Now watch this, because Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if everybody in here says that we are led by the Spirit of God, we have the Spirit of God, we are sons of God, if one son can change the whole world, if one son can turn the whole world upside down, what ought we ought to be able to do? Because he said this in John chapter 14, not only are you going to do what I did, but you're going to do greater. Look at somebody and tell them, produce. Because the good news is, if you produce, he's going to make you produce more. But if you're not producing, he's going to cut you off. I just got this revelation this morning. And this would be good for some of us. If God will cut you off, then so can I. Now you like it? If he'll cut you off, because he said, any branch in me that's not bearing fruit, my father, take it in a way. Because what we learn is, if it ain't producing, it'll cause you not to produce. You got to be careful of people that are connected to you, but ain't producing nothing. We'll hold on to people we know with them. We'll hold on to situations, circumstances that we know die because we're hoping that God's going to bring life. God said, it ain't in me. If it ain't in me, it cannot produce. Looking for something to produce that it can't produce because it's not connected to the one that produces it. The resource has disconnected from the source and so it cannot produce what it's supposed to produce. It's empty and you carry it now with that weight. God said before I'll carry that weight, I'll take it away. Say produce. It's about to get good. Let's take a mind, a trip then into the mind of God. Because he says that he is the gardener. He's the gardener. In the first couple of years, listen to this. The vine is not allowed to produce fruit. In the first couple of years, the vine is not allowed to produce fruit. Because
because it has to strengthen its root system before it can support the extra weight of the fruit. I am the true vine. You are the branches. My father is the husbandman. There are some of us who are not producing and we're not producing and we're starting to lose hope. But God has you in a place where you're not producing because your root ain't strong enough yet. Before God will allow the fruit to uproot you, he says, I'm the one that planted you and I don't want what, want what I bless you with to uproot you. So I'll cause you to go fruitless until your root system is strong enough to send what I'm sending. Look at somebody and tell them, hold what you got. You've been thinking you've been doing stuff wrong and God said, I just need you to get stronger and handle what I'm sending. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. He said, it ain't that I'm withholding it because you've been bad. My, my, my pleasure is to bless you. If your son comes to you and asks you for bread, you gonna give him a stone? How much more things shall your heavenly father give you what you ask for? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall. God wants to bless us. But I need your root system No root. Matthew 15, 13. Put that up there for you. Matthew 15, 13. Matthew 15, 13. Only got 10 minutes left. There we go. Watch this. That thing good right there. Every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Can you put it in the new living? Every plant that my daddy didn't plant. Every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. Everything that he ain't planted, you ain't got to worry about. Yeah, see, the thing about it is uh, let me take the revelation a little bit further. You ain't got to worry about the cutoff. Because God needs you to produce. And so whatever will attach to you that ain't producing, you ain't got the strength, the wisdom to God will uproot it. I'll uproot it. You couldn't walk away, so I'll uproot it. I didn't play. So I'll uproot it. Because if I let it stay, it'll watch this. I learned this. In the first two years, the vine don't produce. The first two years, the vine doesn't produce because the root system isn't strong enough. What happens is, if he plants or allows something else to be planted near you, the roots will intertwine. You ever seen flowers and plants where the roots start to connect? And that root will choke out your root. And they'll start sucking up your pleasure. I ain't gonna talk to you. They'll start taking your nutrients. They recognize what God is doing in you. And recognize that he planted you but didn't plant them. And they'll kind of connect to you. So that God can't plant them or pluck them up. Because if he pluck them up, he'll pluck you. So before I'll 
allow you to produce. Your root system isn't strong enough. Your foundation ain't strong enough. I want you to have it, but I don't want it to have you. It's nothing for me to give it to you. That's right. But if it pulls you away from me, I'd rather you not have it. Look at somebody and tell them, get your root system strong. Until you learn to fast and pray. Some of us don't know how to turn that plate over. Don't know how to push back from the plate and just say, you know what, I'm fasting today. I'm standing before God. That fasting should be a part of every believer's life. Don't have a healthy prayer life. That's your root system. How can I expect God to bless me with houses, cars, and land, and I can't even love my brother? That's root system stuff. That ain't that ain't a, a kingdom of a 300 level. That's kingdom worldwide. If you can't love your brother, say produce to bring into existence. The next thing he says to us is about purging. This is good right here. Purging is important because even when the vine begins to bear fruit, if the gardener does not prune it, if he does not purge it, then the fruit will run rampant. So when God cuts your back, he's not cutting your back to hurt you. He's cutting your back so that the fruit won't run. Can I give you an even deeper revelation? Because what the gardener does is he puts something there to make sure that the vine goes up straight. Because the vines have to always be postured in an upward position. Because if they're ever in a downward position, the weight of the fruit would be too much. So he has to put something behind them to prop them up. So if you'll go with me then to Calvary and you'll see the true vine on a cross, they had to put him in an upward position. If I be lifted up, I'll draw. So they had to put him there because the fruit, you don't even see the fruit. All we saw was the vine. Look at somebody and tell them, but I'm the fruit. It took 2,000 years, but I'm the fruit. It took a whole lot of ups and downs, but I'm the fruit.
to come and take away the 90%. And what it looks like is that God is failing you. Look at somebody and tell them you got to hold what you got. People who don't know God will look at you and see stuff being taken away. And they'll say stuff like this, well, God is stripping or they lose everything they got, but they don't understand the mind of the gardener. The mind of the gardener says, I've blessed you so abundantly that I don't want your fruit to get out of control. So I'll cut back some stuff and take it away so we can make room for the new fruit. Because if the new fruit come in on top of the old fruit, it will ruin and not get its full potential. As a matter of fact, the grapes won't be sweet, they'll become sour. So God has to move the old fruit to make way for the new fruit. What I want to tell you this morning is that you got to let go of some old to make room for the new fruit. Some stuff he's taking, let it go. Watch this next point. I like this one right here. When he goes to store the grapes, he has to store the grapes separately. <laughs> because the grapes absorb the odor of other fruit. So God cannot store his fruit with other fruit. Because whatever smell is on that fruit will get on his fruit. And so he tells you, if they can't agree with you, don't walk with them. You don't want that smell on you. Dude. Don't be equally yoked together with them. Because what fellowship have lightness with dark? That's my 10 minutes I got to use so you understand that he's saying that you can't even be around. Let me give you this quick analogy. If you go around somebody that smoke, secondhand smoke will kill you quicker than you actually putting it up to your lips. Because in the cigarette, there's a filter that is filtering the nicotine that's going into their bodies. But the smoke is not filtered. And it's going into your lungs. But what happens greater than that is that the smell will get in your clothes. You ever been over somebody's house to smoke? You don't smoke, but you've been over somebody's house to smoke. You don't smoke weed, but you got in the car with somebody that's going to weed. And if you ride long enough, you ain't got to be in there long, but that smell gets in your clothes. Let me tell you the problem with that, because you might come up on somebody who don't know that you don't smoke. And because you got the smell of smoke on you, then they'll assume that you do, because you smell like what you've been around. You can't even hang around folks that ain't got your same shit. You got to hang with other people that's producing his kind of fruit. Because you'll absorb the smell of the fruit that you hang around. You can't hang around folk that lie because you'll become guilty by association. You can't hang around with missing folk because you'll become guilty by association. You can't connect to God and not disconnect from the world. If you don't follow him, you got to disconnect from other stuff. Somebody tell them what you got. Oh, what you got. 
It could take up to three years to produce. Are you hearing me? It could take up to three years to produce fruit. We will get discouraged in the meantime because we're not producing like we think we ought to. We're connected to him. We pray. We fast. God, I'm waiting on you. I trust you. But I don't see fruit. Check your root system. But I want to give you even a greater word of encouragement. Put Psalm 1 up there for me. We'll go down to verse number 3. I want to show you something right here that I think will bless your life. Because it blessed mine. Psalm 1, verse number 3. The Bible says that we shall be like a tree. You got to catch this. Planted. Every part of this has some significance. Remember that God is a gardener. Here he says he shall be like a tree. This tree is planted. Remember that we just read in Matthew 15 that if God didn't plant the tree, he plucks it up by the root. But the ones that he do plant, first of all, I feel good about that because it shows ownership. It shows lordship. It shows that he's in control. So no matter where I end up, I'm all right because I know God planted me. It doesn't matter what comes my way. doesn't matter what happens. Because I'm comfortable in the fact that God planted me. And if God planted me in a place, physically, the place may not be conducive for me to bear fruit. But in the spirit, God says, this is what it's going to be like. What it's going to be like is that you're going to be planted by the rivers of living water. Y'all got to kiss this. Not just a river, but rivers. Somebody say overflow. Somebody say continuous. If one river would happen to dry up, it doesn't matter where he plants you, because I'm connected to him, and he is my God. My blessings are continuous and they're overflowing. I know what it might look like to you, but I know who I'm connected to. Look at somebody and tell them, hold what you got. It might have looked like they were crucifying Jesus. It looked like he was fruitless until they put him in the ground and they didn't understand that he was a seed and the seed began to grow and the fruit had gone through generation from generation to generation it might look like they're winning the fight and when people try to bury you they must first understand that you are a seed they couldn't kill you if they tried Somebody go catch it. He says, I'm going to plant you like a tree 
of war. Watch this next part. They bring it forth. His fruit. Look at somebody tell them, ain't your fruit. Ain't your fruit. I got my own fruit. They bring forth his fruit. In his season. Now get real good. It's mine. Look at him again. Tell him it's mine. I went through this. I've been the one up that night. Yeah, see, it's good when we can corporately praise. It's good when we can worship corporately. But there's some of us who love him privately. There's some of us who spend some time in the closet. And he said, those that pray in the corners have everyone. But you, I see you in crying. I see you in secret. And I'm going to reward you openly. And he says, I'm going to do it in front of everybody. He crucified him in front of Come on now. 
I knew you had been here. So I didn't leave. Because your smell lingered. The leaf is proof. 
that he's able. You might not see the fruit yet, but he's able. Belief is proof that there's life in the vine. Belief is proof that I'm connected to the vine. And as long as I have an able, the healing hadn't manifest yet. But I got leaves. And the leaves say he's able. My breakthrough has not come yet. But I have leaves. And the leaves are proof that he's able. Sleepless nights. Crying tears. But I have leaves that are proof that he's able. Oh, God. 